this is Fintech Unplugged with Suresh Vajani and me, Robert Cornish. Here we are. Oh, nice, nice. This is a big building. Canary Wharf, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, so, you gonna ask? Um, so, we're here to meet um, Scott from Mastercard. Oh, he's moved on. I'm really sorry to hear that. Moved on? Do we need to go to the funeral? Oh, he's moved office. Um, so can you uh, can you give us a new uh, address, please? What? We just come from there. Oh, you know what? They're at Monument now. That's right next to us. That's where we just come from. Okay, let's go. Okay, back. get back in the car. Oh, look at this. This is nice. Wow, cool. Let's uh, river views. Yeah, nice. Okay, let's go. We and uh, I'm named after you, Angel Court. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Knock on the door. Scott's here. Oh, hello. Do I need to say hello now? Um, first of all, it's Angel Lane. I think you went with Angel Court, didn't you? Ah, that would be why we got them. That's yeah. why no yeah, one yeah, asked yeah. that you, first you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've gone to the wrong place twice. <laughs> but anyway, well done you. Yeah, so Angel so, Lane. Better late than never, but we have arrived, and apologies that we were delayed. Yeah, That's I'm okay. Suresh. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, they phoned ahead from Canary Wharf that you're on your way back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, 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 couldn't get out of the, I couldn't get out of the building fast enough, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, you caught me. So we're here because we want to have a catch up with where Mark, you know, we've done a few of these podcasts. With yes. Colleagues, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but everyone said you've got to you've got to pull Scott in. Um, so really, they said, yeah, strap him down and make him answer some questions. So uh, if you see my beautiful assistant, Suresh, here, we'll be strapping you down. Robert's fetishes, but what can you do? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Good. The, the, the format here is very open. We, we get is it, this, really? Well, other than the, <laughs> other than the, the bin of confusion that will be wheeled in in a Which minute. Which be escaped. Yeah. Um, so maybe could you just kick off by just giving us a bit, bit of a background, who, who you are and, and how yeah. long you've been in MasterCard? Um, I, I'm Scott. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm Scott Abrahams, uh, and I look after... Uh, I'm SVP of Business Development for the UK and Ireland. Uh, in that role, I look after a, a lot of our lines of business and customer relationships and acquiring in uh, business to business and um, commercial payments, merchants, uh, the public sector and fintech, um, which has been, you know, uh, a burgeoning area for us over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, our relationships there are all of the players that you would expect to hear. I've been at MasterCard for five and a half years. Um, I was at Amex before that in both the merchant business and also in business travel. Okay. Um, I worked for Barclays before that, or Barclay Card, I should say, before that. And actually, but the, the longest percentage of my time was in retail. I used to work for Sainsbury's. I was a oh, wow. department store manager for Sainsbury's before. Hence the orange sweatshirt. Yeah, exactly. Today. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is, this you is can't a slightly... get away from it. It's like It's red. nice, isn't it? I can tell you a story about this later on. I was mistaken at the weekend at a football match for somebody else and they tried to kick me out. No uh, but anyway, way. yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, orange hoodies are de rigueur at of the course. moment. Yeah, especially but, um, work at Sainsbury's. Yeah. So I was at Sainsbury's for 10 years and... Uh, I did lots of things there. I was a buyer. And in the end, I ended up responsible for moving all of their money, which is how I ended up in payments. 
So, so Scott, I, I mean, five years has gone so quickly because I remember when I first met you at the Emerging Payments Association. Yes. And you were coming on board at MasterCard. And what you were talking about was your journey from where you started. And I remember you saying you started, you know, at Sainsbury's, like literally at the bottom and gone all the way to the top, which was it's, it was a very inspirational story, kind of how you moved up the ranks. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Um, I've been very lucky. Um, I think it was interesting because when I when I came out, I'd worked for Safeway. Remember you, we may remember that. Many yeah, of our Safeway, listeners yes. may not remember that. But um, and it, and the only job at a university I could get was working in a supermarket. And I'm from uh, Penzance in Cornwall, so I wanted to come. I was like a sort of Cornish Dick Whittington, if you will. <laughs> coming to London. Yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. They certainly weren't paved with gold, anyway. <laughs> and the only job I could get in London was working for Sainsbury's, and that's how I ended up working at Sainsbury's. And I started, um, well, I started doing lots of different roles, but I ended up on the tills and all those sorts of things, and so went like, from there. Wide and varied background. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I, I, you know, I work with merchants a lot still. Um, and, you know, I try and make sure that they hear me say that I used to work for Sainsbury's very early on. It does help a little bit to some extent. Yeah, yeah. I would never be arrogant to say I understand their pain, but it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. I don't think sometimes. Exactly. exactly. I, I also I also uh, feel that. It's, it's a great story, but also sometimes people say that, you know, you've done all these jobs. It didn't bring any value to where you are as the destination. But my experience has been that probably every job you've done, whether you're you're serving on tills or filling mm. shelves, has somehow contributed to where yeah. you are now. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the, the thing that the things that have stuck with me and been the most important to me in my career were things I learned managing shops particularly around leadership and how you motivate people you know to some extent people who are working at Sainsbury's you know and in any job they all have different motivations and that's the thing that that stuck with me so many people now who work for me or who work in teams that work for me you know they want that leadership experience and I, I got that at a very young age and that's something I think in in a lot of our companies companies that you run too that people are crying out for we don't have the sort of half a million headcount that Sainsbury's used to have. So those opportunities are few and further between. I got that relatively young. And and before Robert dies... And in, I was, by the way, inspirational. Yes. Right. Let me, let me <laughs> Inspired. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. On the same message, did you have any inspirational leaders that kind of guided you? Are there one or two that you think in your whole career, you know what, they were, they were pretty defining in the way that you operate? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, and mu- mu- much more, I suppose, from my perspective, in either being really good at things that I don't think I'm particularly good at, particularly in terms of, you know, um, detailed strategic thinking, that isn't particularly one of my strengths, or people who have who have led people in a way that I've really respected. There were many people like that at Sainsbury's. Um, it's a hard job running a supermarket. It's a really hard job. Um, and people that did it with with grace if you like and motivate I still stay with me today and then you know later in my career for different reasons you know the, the thing that I like most in any boss that I have is somebody that is is there for you in the good times and the bad you know I, I've I've come across people in my career that they're quite happy when the going's good but as soon as the t- going gets a little tough it's like well where do they go uh, yeah, yeah. you know Slipping and um, the, the boss I have now at MasterCard Mark is exactly 
um, you know, he's always there for you, but he also, of course, lets you flourish and get on with the job that you're paid to do. And that that's what I try and hopefully uh, give to the people that work for me too. No, of course, we, we grilled him on stage yep. in uh, Money 2020. And I, I, I'm well aware of it. He's, well. he's only just recovered, actually. Um, he's just <laughs> still in he's, therapy. He did his last session last week, yeah. So uh, <laughs> he's all right now. So I, I'm, I'm going to dive in the bit of confusion yep. now. And Mark, because, if you're uh, listening uh, regarding Scott, you know, bonus time is coming. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it really is. It, it genuinely is. So, um, oh, this is uh, this is this is quite an interesting one. Um, Mastercard is heavily involved in communities such as Open Banking Excellence, uh, which was uh, out, which was going on yesterday. <laughs> uh, so, must hear a lot of ideas, good and bad. Are there any telltale signs of when you're about to hear of a really bad idea? So, did you? Oh my God, this is never going to work. <laughs> I think you know in our, in our industry the first thing I would say is is uh, I'm sure you would have heard many times as well uh, that everybody refers to it as a it, it's a bit of a chicken and egg industry right and uh, in you know we run a two-sided franchise we have lots of cards or payment um, means of payment I should say accounts on one side and lots of places where you use them on the other side and you know if I had a pound for every time I heard people say yeah we've just got to get all of these guys to accept this way of paying or accept this new piece of technology and particularly that's where my background in retail helps because I, I know how expensive and painful it is for a company the size of Sainsbury's to change one tiny little widget somewhere on their on their till or in any of their systems because if they can't take money why do they exist so I, I hear that a lot. That's the first telltale sign. It's just all we need is, you know, a couple of thousand places and we'll get off the ground. And in my job, I go to those merchants and they say, well, you know, which accounts do you have? Which banks do you have online? And the banks say to me, well, which merchants do you have, et cetera, et cetera. So there's an <laughs> ecosystem and it all has yeah, to come and, and together to make it work. You know, and it is, as I say, I hear chicken and egg a lot. And I probably um, if I had a pound for every time I heard that, I wouldn't be working anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the first telltale signs. And, and also those that um, it's going to be different this time. <laughs> I hear that quite a lot as well. That's you know, I know I know last time, but that was because we didn't do this. It's going to be different this time. And isn't that. it going to be like a million cardholders in the first month? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And three million in the second <laughs> the, month. The, the Einstein the, definition yeah, yeah. of it. You're just sat, is yeah, like, exactly. We keep doing the same thing, you know, but we're going to expect a yeah. different outcome. And you're sat there just waiting for the hockey stick. You know, it's yeah. coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It's yeah. coming. And Unfortunately, so we, it's going the wrong way. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting that, you know, plugging away at things isn't the right thing to do. Um, but, you know, we hear... And, and we're in a privileged position that a, a lot of people would approach us, right? I mean, we still, mm. of course, need to be proactive and not feel arrogant, like, you know, build it and they will come. But a lot of people approach us, and a lot of the time, those are the things we hear. The other thing as well, just in general, I hear is, not I hear, but I see a lot, is, you know, we will speak to a lot of vendors and entrepreneurs and, and people with a great idea, and so many of those people are really much smarter than I'll ever be but they're technologists so they get they get wrapped up in the tech and how it works and forget that at some point or other you need to make money or at least make enough money to pay the people that are working for yeah. you and very often I don't see that as part of people's thinking the sort of exit plan of even if it's in five years this is how I'll make money or three years this is how I'll make money and that um that's a question I always ask and 
Because they I'm quite they, often disappointed by the answers. And they respond back saying, "Oh, but we're like Uber, we're like Amazon. Yeah, they don't make any money. We're the same." It's just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you know, so I'm not suggesting that's a bad idea. It's more a um, a difference in focus that some people should probably have. And that's why I think when you're building those teams and thinking about those newer companies, you need to get people in with lots of different backgrounds. You know, to cross pollinate ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. you know, so many people are are techies they're coders and it's very funky the app they've built and things like that but actually how are you going to deploy that to millions yeah and actually it's you know i I always think mastercard and visa to be fair and others our greatest asset isn't the amount of card holders that we have or payment instrument holders we have it's how many places you can use your card right and that's the thing that's the hardest thing to replicate um, and the other hardest thing that, to replicate is that you you drive that consistency of experience. You know, I could go out in the city now, um, buy some bananas at Sainsbury's, fly to Rio, and buy something in exactly the same way on the beach in Rio with my card. How many other ways of paying internationally can deliver such a consistent experience? Very few, I would argue. That's a real, um, that's a key part of our value proposition, as it is for to be fair, to, to, you know, to other card schemes as well. So I've, I've got a question for you, Scott, in terms of, you know, from your retail background and from a scheme background, in other regions and other countries or even outside of London, what are the challenges that you're encountering from a scheme perspective and what's the, the pushback from some of the merchants? Well, I mean, when you specifically... Transit has been a huge driver of contactless payments in the UK, but as we all know, particularly in the southeast, <coughs> London... You know, I, 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 I'm on a number of panels quite often and I, we should be really proud of London. Overall, London has some amazing, um, has, has made some amazing achievements in certain areas that many, most cities in the world can only dream of. And the way that you're able to travel around London is one of them. Now, the, one of the reasons we're able to do that, of course, is that there is a, a consistent unitary authority in charge of it all. Yeah. So, you know, under the mayor... If, if he says something, it, it should happen. happen. <laughs> we don't have that coordination in, in many other cities in the UK. Um, you know, Transport for the North is, is trying to get that coordination, but there's, there's lots of interested parties with their own views, understandably. And so it's hard to coordinate. We're seeing some things. You know, we've just gone live with contactless payments. I think it's on the Manchester Metro. Okay. Um, most buses, most large bus operators accept contactless now. Um, so we're starting to get there when it comes to a contactless perspective. People who work for me are travelling to other European cities to try and help them replicate the success of London. So there's a lady who works for me called um, Vanessa Brower who's doing work up in Malmo, Helsinki, Oslo, um, and all of those cities are heading towards it. And we've seen something go live on the MTA in New York recently as well. So it, it, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how far ahead, actually, the UK and London in particular is in, in what I would call having a consistent acceptance framework, which many of, the, many of the innovations that we and others bring to the market depend upon. You know, you've got to have that in place to do all these other funky things. If you don't have that, it's just an app on a phone. Exactly. Um, and so, but we, but but so there's less pushback, I would say now, Suresh. Um, but there's still, um, you know, and of course, all of the the terminals we're issuing now are able to take contactless. All the cars have to be contactless. So the pushback really isn't there. It's just 
a matter of time. And we sat, I mean, I, I worked at Barclays when we were pushing out our first contactless terminals in 2006, maybe, I think, 2007. Yeah, I mean, it, it took a, there was a long <laughs> yeah. gap, but it was when TfL took yeah. it. And as I say, that was you're waiting for point. that hockey stick, and then it happened. And then overnight, and it's, I think, you know, and, and of course, on top of that, you know, payment by mobile phone is, is, is particularly it's over the £30 limit, yeah. is obviously growing that mm. significantly as well. And uh, sort of, I think, I think on, on and, and around that, there's another question just come out of the uh, bin of confusion here. Um, <clears throat> this is the I fancy the idea of selling my fintech <laughs> to Mastercard for a few billion. Uh, what, what are what are Mastercard actually looking for, and, and what what does someone need to do to get their attention? I mean, we we've recently seen played yeah be bought yeah, yeah. for a ridiculous amount by Visa. What's going on between you and Visa and these multi-billion pound acquisitions? I mean, I did tell Robert to wear a white shirt to get your attention. You know? With buy me written on the front of it, <laughs> uh, I believe. Right? Yeah, it's probably underneath it, you know, on a vest. Um, oh, no, tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. Well, first of all, Cut. You, would under- <laughs> you would understand that as MasterCard, we wouldn't make comments on others' no. acquisitions. Of course. Um, and But there are. there's been a huge amount of acquisitive activity in the last year 18 months and it's it's clearly a, a a huge area of competition between not just us and visa but amex and others as well mm. um uh, you know i would first of all you know to answer the question there's very few companies that we're willing to pay a few billion for anyway um but what i think what i think you're seeing is an understanding from those schemes ourselves visa and others that you know one of the competitive battlegrounds of the future isn't necessarily around card, right? It's around other means of moving money from one person or yeah. one entity Transfers to another. Of Transfers of value, and you know what 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 I, what I think sets Mastercard apart is that um, at, at a very high level, I think we took a decision that if we're going to be disrupted, we'll try and do it to ourselves rather than have somebody else do it to okay. us. Um, you know, I think that was first shown by our purchase of, of Vocalink in this very office that we're in. Really? Not that we're in that office, but you know wow. what I mean. Angel Court or whatever you call it. Angel Court. Um, you know, you, you see Angel that through Lane. our proposed purchase of, of Nets. And you see, you know, from our friends at Visa, something similar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to, I think to some extent, we, 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 because we're here, see open banking as quite a UK-centric thing. But the trends towards that, 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 you know, opening up bank accounts and transferring value in different ways is a trend that we're seeing globally from, globally, from regulators, from central banks, from, uh, from retail banks, etc., etc. And of course, there's lots of parts of the world where they could potentially leap to these new ways of technology because they don't have the, the, the billions of pounds invested in the current yeah, state yeah. technology, which, of course, what we have here. So, you know, that's our strategy. Um, you know, we make investments in things that complement our business. We don't make investments necessarily to make money out of that investment itself. Um, and, you know, that's what we've consistently done so and will continue to do. Would you say MasterCard are trying to pull away from these legacy systems into what is going to be there in the future? We don't know where, where it's going, but they're, they're I, trying to... I wouldn't say we're trying to pull away from it because I think, you know, we, we would we would see those legacy systems are still being important 10, 15, 20 years time, right? We have a, a huge, um, 
relationship banking base that will be there for a long time to come. We hope many of those over time will come on the journey with us. We see our business at three levels. We see our business at the infrastructure level, so mm-hmm. the switch, if you like, yeah. and the ACH and all those things that Vocalink have. We see um, our business at an application level, so pieces of technology that take advantage of that infrastructure to do something. And then we see our, our business at the services level, so data, fraud, AML tracking, and all those types of things. And I think you'll increasingly see that that's how our business is, I wouldn't say necessarily structured, but that's the approach we will take. And from a, yeah, from a business like ours, it, it's, it's a good thing to play in all three if you can and compete in all three. Um, and that's, um, and you'll notice I didn't say cards there or, no. you know, it's about the infrastructure of cards moving, a moving, a, moving basically <clears throat> a piece of data from point A to point B. Um, and that's, that will be increasingly the way we think about our business going forward. And, and how do you police the companies that you acquire? You don't end up competing with your clients or partners because there's always a fine line. I, and I do remember years back when MasterCard acquired the travel export portfolio on the prepaid card. Yeah. And yeah, it, was, yeah. it was kind of one of those that actually, so you're a scheme, but you're actually now a program manager, mm, program mm. owner, and you're competing with us. So how do you kind of police that to make sure you don't upset you know, some of your partners, clients, etc. Well, you know, our, our CEO, RJ Banger, it, it has been consistent in his support for the four-party, actually it's five parties really, isn't it? But, you know, that, that, that model, and we will continue to um, virently support that model. I won't say, though, Suresh, that it isn't a difficult balance sometimes. We're all under pressure to grow. We're all under pressure to deliver more than the year before and the year before that. But we, we do everything we can to not fall into those traps and also to hopefully engage with our partners to explain why we're doing what we're doing. Um, I hope we get it right most of the time, but it can be a bit challenging. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. And in terms of getting on your radar, you know, how do some of these companies, you know, the nets you spoke about, how, how do they get on your radar? Is it... Do you look at smaller operators when they're quite early or you're, are you looking at kind of the bigger players? I, I'm not going to go into the details of our merger and, and acquisitions policy. What I would say is this. We are, from a purchase perspective, we, we are more interested in, in proven, well-run businesses. And I don't mean for any second that smaller businesses aren't those things. Uh, but I think, you know, when you're the size of MasterCard, sometimes you run the it's very easy to muck something up that's only just started and i think you know we we would take and we do take minority investments in in many businesses um and you know but again we do that not to make money necessarily out of the investment itself but to keep our hand in with what that business is doing and potentially that will um you know we we made an investment minority investment last year in a company called pollinate which is providing acquiring services to potentially you know acquiring in a box if you like from t- to different services at the end of last year um and th- so we, we have we have a team of people that that's what they're paid to do right every day to monitor the market what's happening that's interesting this is happening it's my job to bring things to them it's their job to bring things to me you should have a look at this business so in london we should do it so we do that fu coin uh yes ipo ico <laughs> ico fu coin 
think the fintech unplugged coin is going to be the future of money, as we know. It. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a few of those kicking around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you like an FU coin? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it could catch on. I think it's got a good ring to yeah. it. I think a billion would be a good starting <laughs> bid for that. Turkish lira, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, talking of the FU coin, what what is the sexiest payment innovation you've seen in the last six months? I saw that question. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question. Ah. Well, I only be, I, it's it's hard to think of something that's sexy. Present company accepted. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think <laughs> something you were most dashing. impressed with. Do you just thought that, and and it, and it, you know. That you can talk about, obviously. Yeah, that's Maybe you have to go back beyond six months. Or yeah, have a few yeah, drinks something. and then talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, if I talk in more general terms, I, I, there's, there's, a, there's a huge amount of innovation um, happening in London. And there's a huge amount of successful companies happening in London. The thing that I'm most excited about, about doing my job here, is that, you know, we're looking after customers that are going everywhere. And actually, for me, the, the sexiest, most exciting thing is, is hopefully how well those businesses perform on a global scale. And you know, when I think of Monzo entering the US or Revolut entering everywhere, including the moon and Mars, that's the thing that I'm actually most excited about, being a Londoner and working for MasterCard in London. Um, you know, they are, and they are constantly innovating. You know, it was really interesting. We... I was at a launch event for Revolut in the US about six months ago. Um, and the thing that I, Nick Stromsky, who's their CEO, who you may know, um, the he, you know, there was a lot of, I believe they're called influencers, Robert. You you won't, yeah, you're really, a shirt influencer, yeah, for instance, exactly, right? Exactly. And it was a very funky New York thing. And, the, and he was gonna give a, few, a speech for a few minutes. And what I found really interesting being from an old finance background is, you know, you would think you'd talk about numbers of people, um, you know, uh, growth rates, volume rates. The first thing he presented was how often they change their app, right? How often they update their application. And he had a graph of every single banking app, not every single, a lot of banking apps throughout the world. And that was his main competitive differentiator. We change our app more often. We change our app more often. Fantastic. Um, and I and I think it was I can't remember now. I won't go into the numbers, but I think it was like once a week or something. Now, of course, that could just be to fix bugs every week, right? But he found and, and I was talking to a load of bankers at the end of last year, and, and there was a lot of raised eyebrows. But that was the first thing he spoke about: not how much money we're going to make, not how much we're turning over, not where we're launching. My app is the funkiest because I keep changing it all the time. Um, and he compared himself to Monzo and to, to many others as well. Um, and I just found that a really interesting way of thinking about the success of his business well, there's, in there's, comparison there's, there's to others. A, a business I, I know well in the UK and their CEO, who's a, a well-known entrepreneur, uh, his, his thing, his mantra was, what are the new products we're developing? We need to launch something like once a month yeah. for our customers yeah, yeah, yeah. to keep them yeah. pushing forward. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you after who it was. But again... That was really weird again because it wasn't numbers, it wasn't the it was how many yeah, times can exactly. we give something new to our customers? It's a very different way of thinking, and it, and it you know and and it's because it's the focus on the new. It might not necessarily be successful, but it's something else to go and talk to people about. I guess it's the mantra of of, of fail and fail fast in yeah. terms of yeah. If they launch something this week that doesn't work, they can change it. Yeah. 
So I guess from my perspective, I think what he's doing is showing off and saying, look to the banks. I can make changes on a daily basis. Can you? Yeah. Knowing they've got legacy technology yeah. that doesn't allow them to do that. And exactly. These apps might get, you know, traditional banks might roll out an update every six months, one year or two years, you know. Yeah. In the way that they, they do yeah. traditional kind of development. So um, it is interesting that they did that. And um, we were talking earlier about everybody that says they're going to do a million cards. And uh, I, I met Nikolai and Vlad early, early doors. And their business case said they were going to do 15,000 cards in the first year. So I was at Paysafe then. I was the issue. Yeah, really? Okay. And it was 15,000 cards. And I took them more seriously than anybody else. Yeah. Because I said, you know what? I think you're going to do about 30. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's everybody an interesting says they're way, isn't it? Do yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. get the attention, yeah. you almost want to go the other way. Yeah, and yeah. Say, We're yeah. going to do about 20,000 yeah. cards. Um, and I mean, it's very interesting in my job, right? I mean, I work with all of... You know, I won't mention names because there's so many. I'll, yeah. I'll forget somebody. But we work with. We're very proud of our relationships there, um, and it's. I think it's one of the best things about Mastercard in terms of the fact that they and many other of our customers, but they in in particular, are dragging us towards much more flexible and fast ways of working because we have to, right? We have to. Um, the competitive environment there is is phenomenally challenging anyway. Um, and it's it's a good thing because it's driving change in our business much faster than perhaps it would happen if it was organic change. Right, looks like I've got a serious one here. Okay, so is access to China's 27 trillion <laughs> payments market finally in reach with MasterCard? If so, how could you compete with Alipay and WeChat, who are so far ahead? Drop mic. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's an interesting question, is it? I'm I'm relatively close to this because I'm married to somebody from China, so I have quite a lot of. Does she keep telling you how you you live in the dark ages? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting. I've spent quite a lot of time in China. My uh, one of the great things about working for Mastercard is that they give you two months paternity leave, um, and I spent the whole of that paternity leave in China. Wow, and. The, the China that my wife and my wife's family are from isn't Shanghai or Beijing, right? It's a city called Luzhou, which is about three hours from Chongqing, which some people have heard of. Chongqing is 30 million people. It's a mega city. I always say it's bigger the big, than London. It's, yeah. It, it, I always <laughs> say it's the biggest city in the world nobody's ever heard of. Um, and I was astounded when I was there um, in terms of the the penetration of Alipay, and particularly actually WeChat, my wife used WeChat. I don't think I used cash. We, my wife and I, we used cash once in two months, at all, at all. So it all was, mobile payment. Uh, I we would buy a kilogram of mandarins from a guy on a scooter with WeChat Pay. What was really interesting for me though is that when you went to a large, well-established supermarket, you could also pay with WeChat, and that's the thing. You know, either you. A lot of the time, either you cope with all of the guys that don't really accept payments because they do four a day, and you and that that's so simple, but it's hard to cater for the big guys because they've got all these systems. Or you do something for the big guys, which is way too expensive for those mm. small traders to use. This just goes across everything, every taxi. every. Of course, you're paying the individual to some extent, so you're not necessarily paying a business in exactly the same way. And of course, I think you can only get a WeChat account if you are, you ha I don't know if you have a Chinese address maybe I can't remember now my wife still keeps a Chinese address although she's actually British now but it was incredible and it was really interesting because 
you may know, I'm sure you know, there's a, in, in, in many Asian cultures, there's a, and in China it's specifically called red pockets. You're given um, cash in little red envelopes, right? It, it's, it's coming up this week, actually. Chinese New Year is next yeah. week. That's a yeah. big time for exchanging red pockets. And of course, net net, you all end up with the same amount of money, right? Because you just, oh, have that back, have that back. And I was at the Bund in, in Shanghai, and a lot of couples go and have their wedding photos done there. And one of the brides, just down by her side in her hand, had a QR code. Because what you know, you you know, you do this pin the money on thing, yeah. which I think you do that in India, right? So you, yeah, it's a similar type thing. People go up and you know, you notice my Indian all the very best, yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very clear to see, Robert. and 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 you know, I could just do that digitally, and and when you get to that level, you think, wow, you know, cash is cash That's is that. dead. So you know, and I, in your travels while you were there for that, how many shops did you see? We accept. Visa, Mastercard, Amex. Did you see those logos anywhere? Yeah, in in a lot of the big places I did. Okay. Um, particularly, of course, in the main coastal cities. Right, I didn't go to Hong Kong, but certainly in Beijing and and Shanghai. So it's getting better. Um, it, it is getting better. Uh, but at the same time, of course, you've got um, you've got another billion people that aren't living anywhere near that mm. coast in those cities, and I, 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 it's challenging. Now, there's a number of things that Mastercard compete in. We can. We, we can compete in the, you know, the um, the source accounts, for instance, for a lot of these WeChat and Alipay mm. accounts, for instance. It's going to be, you know, I admit, it's going to be hard to um, compete with, with what Alipay and WeChat have done. You know, it's all those things. They've just solved for things that are a bit difficult here. Parking yeah. in London, it's a mm. nightmare. The machines don't work and all those stuff. You know, I've got 100 different local authorities and, you know, it's difficult um, there. There's just two QR codes on every street corner and every column. Scan. Oh yeah, paid. So uh, and you know, at, going into that space of QR code payments. We we are looking at going into QR codes. Yeah, we're we're looking at that. I think it's in India. We're looking at that, and in other countries in the world. So that's one area where we can compete. The thing is, it's the number, right? It's twenty-seven trillion dollars. So it's worth giving it a go. If you start to slice off even small amounts of that. That's worth having. And and the other thing, of course, which is still a huge opportunity for MasterCard and Visa and others, is the amount of travel outside of China that Chinese people are looking to do or purchases make, being made outside of China. Obviously, there's, there's you know, uh, the Chinese government are interested in that and in some ways they like to limit that. Um, but, you know, we still have lots of agreements with banks for them to run on our rails outside of China, for instance. So that's a that's a huge approach into the Chinese market that we have. So I'm not suggesting for a second that we're in now and everything will be fine. But um, I think Alipay and WeChat should take us seriously. And are you, from a MasterCard perspective, worried about Alipay coming to Europe? Because if I'm not corrected, I believe Alipay is one of the main sponsors for the, yeah, the Europa League. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, too worried. What might be too strong? I mean, you know, as always, we we welcome competition, and that's just life. So, um, you know, and and again, London probably more so than anywhere in Europe is always going to be a battleground for that, right? We've seen we've seen a direct China Union Pay acceptance, right, in certain places at Selfridges, at Harrods, and but you know, but there's a huge value proposition for Harrods and others in accepting that, right? Because literally coach loads of Chinese tourists are turning up at Harrods every day and if they see a logo that they feel more comfortable using who, who can blame them to some extent so 
I wouldn't say we're worried about it. We we um we will continue to lobby for a fair playing field. I think more than anything else, which hopefully this this phase one trade deal, as it's called, will start to deliver. Um, it's just another thing we have to compete with. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> Suresh, why don't you dive in? Uh, <laughs> what is Mastercard doing about the envi- its environmental impact, rather than metal cards? That don't that don't have diagram biodegradable ones. Do you want to try again that? One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I've got the gist. <laughs> um, so that we plan to make. I don't know when actually when this podcast goes out. So I'm well, assuming it will be within four weeks. Uh, okay. So um, so by then we would have made an announcement, a, 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 a huge announcement on something that we're doing with a coalition of partners around the world, which I won't go into in too much mm. detail. That. Um, that goes out today, um, and I've been working on that because there's certain players in London that we hope to be included within that. Um, we're also looking at um, relationships with um, innovative businesses that are trying to link the the usage of cards and the payments of cards with the the um, the climate impact of what you're doing with those cards, and in some way or other, then by um, carbon offset etc for them so you know uh, th- this company can can look at Suresh's credit card and say you're costing this much in carbon a year Suresh and you know um and we all know what car you've got Robert so we, w- <laughs> we won't need to do the maths on that but it's significant uh <laughs> my, my wife is getting oh it's always your wife the electric it? mini yes oh really it's coming out in March mini? okay yeah, all right well I, I I stand corrected I'm, I'm to some extent anyway environmentally friendly um when it comes to biodegradable cards yeah what what, what? I mean I I don't know what our standards are I, well I know what our standards are in terms of branding and stuff for our cards but we don't necessarily say to you know it's up to our issuing partners what, what type use. of yeah, yeah. and what they use and I think we would be very supportive of working with them on those types of things. There has been would there be um, any incentive from Mastercard to use more eco-friendly products? Perhaps I don't uh, know. Uh, um, well, I th- wait and see what we say in this press release because because the, the, there are things around that that I think we would be potentially prepared to consider yeah yeah i mean you know we've seen a lot of metal card there's been a rush towards metal cards it's quite funky um and a lot of our our fintech customers have looked at you know going into the premium card market and one of the things they want to differentiate themselves with is metal cards um and but you know there will there are others that are looking to differentiate themselves in other way maybe that's one way and and we would be very open to any ideas. Like yeah, yeah. We'd be very, very yeah. We'd be very open to discussing that. We have, you know, we jealously protect our brand and how that looks, but the actual card itself, I'm, um, I'd be, we'd be happy to discuss it. So, so from memory, I do remember that there was um, one card manufacturer about seven, eight years ago that was doing biodegradable cards. Now they actually cost a bit more than normal cards. Mm. And as a result, there was just no take up. And then yeah. when if you went to them now and said, do you do them? It was like, we had them, but nobody yeah. wanted them. So maybe it was too early, like so many things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, I, it's clearly further. It's interesting, isn't it? The climate agenda, it, it, you know, it, it's at the top of most people's agenda on both sides of the argument. I would say now, you know, the, the, the denial of what's going on as much as as much as the science, if you like. 
So yeah, it's different than it was seven or eight years ago. It feels more urgent now. And seriously, if you want to let me know who they are, we'll go and speak to them. Sounds good. So, okay, I'm going to dive in. We've got a, a couple more questions here. Uh, MasterCard was among a number of high-profile corporations that have bailed on the Facebook Libra product. What was the reason for that? And do you think Libra will still happen? Questions get easier, don't they? Yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily... It's difficult to answer whether Libra will still happen. Will there be potential coalitions of businesses that try and come up with their own currency or means of transferring? I'm, I'm certain of that. Um, you know, and I think from our perspective, from MasterCard's perspective, it's important for the life of our business to stay close um, to all of these potential new innovations. And when a group of businesses at that size get together, you've got to take it seriously and think about it, right? I think there were... I mean, you know, we're not the only ones who have pulled out of... No, no, Libra, everyone, everyone pulled it's, out at a, a, a similar time. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I must admit, I don't know the specific reasons why. I know there were lots of concerns raised regarding Libra and the governance of Libra and all those types of things. So, um, you know, we would always, as MasterCard, try to stay close and involved in these new innovations because, you know, if you start 10, one of them will probably achieve something. So, you know... There will be more of them, I'm sure. There will be more coins coming out. We're seeing um, a trend towards potentially, you know, national digital coins, as you've seen. There's some talk of that in certain parts of Scandinavia. And, you know, we see that link sometimes to, to politics, right? The politics of nationalism uh, and how those two things are um, will interact over time is going to be quite interesting, I think. More protectionism, for instance. And from a MasterCard perspective, what's your stance on crypto cards? So what I mean by that is crypto-linked cards because, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of been, you're open to it, but you're not. What's, your, what's the official, you know, somebody wants to launch a crypto card, so a, a crypto-linked card to fiat exchange. What's your and I think you know. So we're 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 open to that. Yeah, Suresh. In terms of the fact, you know, what what we, um, and I'm I'm trying to think of our exact policy because it has changed a bit. You're right. We were, it was pretty much a big no-no for twelve eighteen months, right? And people in in my team were batting away from a franchise perspective. A lot of these. Now we have, you know, as a funding mechanism with other funding mechanisms, I think we're we're open to it. Um, but there has to be a fiat currency in there as well at some point or other. So um, I can't remember the exact rules and how we've changed them. But but in general, with the necessary controls in place, we're much more open to it than we were. So if somebody wants to do a crypto program where they would have shied away from speaking to you. Yeah, you they should saying, come and talk to okay. us. I'm not, you know, it's not a blanket yes. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, there's good compliance reasons why would why any program would never be a blanket yes anyway. But yeah, we are certainly more open to it than we were, put it that way. And, and I, I know for some time we we exited that market almost. And the change of policy, when was that? Like how long ago was that? Uh, roughly 6 9 months ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. I think Robert's got one more question. What 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 what, what does G A B A G E mean to you? G A B um A G say that again G A B is it our sonic brand? Wow. 
Oh yeah, that is. You're gonna. That no, is impressive. No, I. This is very important. Our Sonic brand. Let me. Let me give you an hour and a half on our Sonic brand. Um, I won't give you an hour and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's that's that, that's close encounters of the third kind, which is quite Somewhere. realistic for this interview today. I'll be honest with you. I do feel like I'm meeting aliens. Um, and. Uh, We've been, we've been called worse. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have by me actually, yeah, yeah. Sugar, let alone anybody else. Yeah. Um, so no, we have you know we are. There's a couple of things that we've done to our brand recently. Number one, we dropped our name. Yeah, yeah. we noticed that. We, we, we of course we're called Mastercard still, but our brand is just. We had an the, amazing interview. The discs. We had an amazing interview about your logos changing, and we had to we, cut. We've missed a deal. Out. We had to cut some of it out. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because you kept, kept talking about we're all about the balls now. I kept saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're all about, <laughs> yeah. The, balls. You all about the balls. You noticed <laughs> that I, I've, I've tripped over that as well, which is why I said discs. A second I didn't ago. notice discs. It, interlocking circles, I think, is in, the, in, the, the, the Venn diagram. So and, we, and what, what, what's behind the Sonic, though? Come on. So the, there's a number of things behind the Sonic. Most importantly, we see a huge trend towards. Um, Invisible payments and conversational commerce, right? So, um, the, the the use of of Siri and Alexa and all those things to order things and to make payments on things. And we we feel number one, we want our brand to be present in those transactions. Most importantly, we want our payment method to be the preferred one in those transactions. And secondly, we feel it's important that people know that they've paid, right? So you know, there's there's a great number of payment. I wouldn't say payment innovations, but ways of taking advantage of card payments such as Uber and those things where you don't really, you know, of course you've paid and you know you've paid, but it's not visible to you at the time that you actually pay unless you've got a card loaded in your Apple wallet and you get the notification and things. That, at its baseline, is what it's about. And Sonic brands have been around some time, right? Intel have had one for years and years. Um, But that's the main drive behind it, to have a Sonic brand where where a, 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 a visible brand just won't be there because you know you're not you're interacting verbally with something rather than and you know we will i think over time we will extend our our, our the use of that um as much as we possibly can right um i think i i promise you you'll be hearing more of it in the coming years Robert. how exciting boom, is boom. that well I'm, oh, I'm yeah. just thinking is there yeah, any yeah, coincidence yeah. that the new sonic the hedgehog the first ever sonic the hedgehog movie yeah, is coming I, out yeah I, I i saw that actually well, i've not seen the movie yet but i know <laughs> and, it's and, coming and, and, and there was them. even some people saying it might not be a what, a, fi- a bad film based on games the discs they go over yeah he has to oh, go over yeah. discs yeah 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 so yeah I, I but that's what that's what's behind it what's interesting is is that our cmo has you know we've made that we've also localized it so there's lots of excuse me lots of different version of the sonic soundscape i'm off now look i'm going i know, I know. um you know from different parts of the world whether it's africa or south america or europe or asia um and so there's lots of different um things that yeah there you go playful cape town dubai you see there's lots of different i think we should uh, we should play some of them for our listeners uh, really we could be here a long time I was <laughs> is I was that ex- enough? I was expecting a little we buy any car. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, no, I picked the operatic bad. one, of yeah, course. Yeah, 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 for, for Robert. But yeah, it's the New York hip hop one. <laughs> <laughs> there will be lots of different ones, and I think over time you will hear it. And we've shortened it and shortened it and shortened it. Okay. But we feel it's important that our customers know 
that they've made a payment sometimes. So with the way everything's changing, are you going to even change your name? Will you be known as the company formerly known as Mastercard? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't believe that's within our plans. He's, no. he's two disc. Uh, yeah. I'm I mean, the reason, the reason we dropped our name is two things. One, all of the research said that, you know, I don't know, 99% of people recognise Mastercard from those discs anyway. They didn't yeah. need to be told it. And secondly, on, you know, one of the biggest competitive battlegrounds these days is, you know, the screen of an iPhone or an Android phone. And that has a only a certain amount of real estate. Mm. So if you can get rid of your name, yet still have the same level of brand recognition, you might be able to get that bigger. Or, or you it might guarantee that you're there. Yeah. Um, you know, and we had the opportunity to do that because... You know, others, their brand is their name, right? And ours I isn't. guess that's the case. Yeah, yeah. ours do, isn't. Do your so. other brands still exist? Like, I mean, Maestro Sirius, is that? I don't know about Sirius. Ma- Maestro yeah. does. Um, is, it, is it just the balls there as well now? Yeah, uh, I don't know, actually, Sirius. Thank you. you, 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 you you've gone into the balls thing now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, interlocking circles. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's like being out with Darren Deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know to be honest. But I, I know was my thinking about is. launching a new scheme to compete with you. Good luck with that. And what I was going to say <laughs> was that we're better than Mastercard because we've got three discs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's move away. The from more discs, the merrier. The more discs, the merrier. So, Robert, you've got one question. Have I? Yes, you got that. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. Um. So this is the oh. final question that's, that, that you're going to have to answer today, and uh, it, it's quite a straightforward one, to be honest. Um, I can't believe it's now 2020. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I was saying 2000. I was thinking, God, that was 20 years ago. Um, and we're still having to remember passwords. Yeah, well, most of us remember them. I don't. Um, yeah. When do you think they will finally be a thing of the past, and what's, the latest, what's your latest guess as to what will replace them? Well, that was a bit of a boring question to be uh, honest, finish with. All right, so we won't answer it then. Yeah, I mean, um, clearly well, biometric. You should answer that and we'll have one more. Yeah, I mean, clear, I mean, clearly biometrics in some ways. I think, um, you know, you've only got to see what the the unfortunate situation with um, uh, SCA at the end, well, not the end, in the autumn of last year. And, you know, I think that there's a, there's a drive in the industry, clearly, to, to move towards two-factor authentication and more secure ways of paying. It's made I've, it very clunky, though. In, yeah, well, in, I, w- I would consumers. argue that we, we all and many of our partners have invested a huge amount in doing that already, of course, although you know we're always happy to do more that makes it even safer. What I do think is, is that it, it will drive um, many of our customers, ourselves and our competitors, to, to always focus on that checkout experience you know, we've always said it's got to be safe, secure, quick. Mm-hmm. You know, we still stick by that. And we believe that actually a good implementation of SCA can still be that as well. You know, at the same time in the UK, we're launching, you know, using as part of our purchase of, of Vocalink, we're, we're launching the pay by bank application, which is using the, the, the bank's biometric identification as a way of making sure that Suresh is Suresh and therefore able to pay. Well, no one knows that. Well, indeed, I don't even think he knows it, uh, <laughs> let alone anybody else. But um, And so, you know, it's going to be biometrics. I'm sure it will get there quickly. What I think is interesting is is uh, um, it's another whole new competitive horizon and opportunity for lots of big players such as ourselves. You know, th- those businesses that have already in some way got a lot of identification data on people you know there's probably ways of monetizing that 
Um, and so, you know, ID will clearly be another another competitive battleground where lots of new ideas and, and innovation will come in. But I do think that, you know, I think I can remember now the new SCA date is, is it the end of this year or sometime next year? It's it, the EBA, I think it was, did they come up with New Year's Eve? Which is, a, anyway, but, um, it, you know, we actually, we, we track almost on a daily basis the preparedness of the industry for this. And it, of course, it's getting better every day. But like with with chip and pin back in the day, you've almost got to get to a date and then stick to it and then just, you know, push it through if you it, like. It was interesting that... The, Which is why the, contactless the, took so long. The whole EMV bit was given a date, <laughs> but as, as, as you just pointed out, contactless wasn't. And contactless yeah. did it because of Transport for London. Yeah. But EMV got given a date. Yeah. And, it you know, over the space of probably 24 months... We moved almost from an, almost this way of paying to this way of paying, and you know you've got to see the failure in other markets of being able to do that. The US being a good example of that is because there wasn't that coalition of the willing, if you like, from all parties, not just Mastercard and Visa and others, to to to, to, to name a date, it, yeah. to embrace it, and to stick to it. You know, come hell or high water, and I, I think that's why you know it took us it took TFL really to get contactless on the environment, and it's still. You know, outside of London, it's still not where we would like it to well, be. Even I, I met the American regulators and asked them, you know, when you decided to go EMV, why have you gone, you know, mag stripe to chip and signature yeah, yeah. rather than going to chip and pin? And you, you know what they said? They said that they believed it was too complicated for their customers to really? use it. And yeah. They plan to phase this in over a 15-year period. Well, it's, I, I mean, know. it's interesting because when... when when Chip and Pin came in, or sorry, it, actually that's not true. I was at Barclays when Chip and Pin came in. The build-up towards Chip and Pin, I was at Sainsbury's, and we had exactly that. Those were the questions that we had. You know, can our customers cope with this? And of course, th- there were a huge amount of of apocalyptical people saying this is going to be the end of the world and everybody's going to walk out and nothing's going to happen. And it was a real damp squid, right? Now. There are people that need support, of course, and we gave them that support. It was no different to when, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you could still pay with checks everywhere, right? And you would have a lot of places, you know, printed the check for you and then you and then you guaranteed it with a debit card that you could just yeah. use to pay. Why are you doing that? But that took years and years and I was part of the, the, the merry band that were trying to phase that out of Sainsbury's, for instance, and it took a long time because that, as you know, the checkout experience, the mm. payment experience is so important understandably and rightly so to so many people that would i don't know i, I i'm sure the the us regulators know exactly what they're doing so i'm not questioning I that but it is you've got to just do it and and you know and the thing is if you cater for the 10 basis points of people rather than the 99.9% of other people that you're you're never going to do anything exactly. and that's the challenge i mean right? they were changing the user experience anyway <laughs> because they were used to doing magstrap now they're doing chip yeah but no pin, and they yeah, get yeah. signed. So you might yeah. as well have done the whole hog. Mm. I think it was a missed opportunity. Mm. Yeah, so, I'm sure we would probably think the same. So, so Scott, your your very senior position in Mastercard. You know, you, you know, have you had any interesting stories or been misquoted with journalists? <laughs> Are you leading on to something, Where, where did that come from? Sir? Yeah, 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 yeah. I figured I wanted to know whether FinTech Unplugged was going to be the first one, <laughs> yeah. or whether there's others. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. We are. I'm often told when I'm speaking. Also, this journalist there today, Scott. So, 
But yeah, you know, um, no, I don't think so. We'll see, hey, Suresh. <laughs> it's well, hard to misquote me when it's you recording me directly, anyway. But yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I, I'm sure if somebody okay. can muck it up, it will be me. Yeah. I like the T-shirt with "I've been fu'd" on the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Playing that Sonic, uh, that, that Sonic theme has caused a, a spaceship to be coming down. Is it really? I think we're going to be piloted by up. Steven Spielberg. I think so. Um, uh, welcome to the buggers. And, and one alien will be leaving the building. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> totally All oh right. my god, Suresh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Taking Suresh! Come back, Suresh! Oh my god, he's gone. Well, it's just you and me now, Scott. Thank you, Robert. Thank god he's gone. Yeah, yeah. I hate that song he wears. Uh, thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, I really enjoyed pleasure, it. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for your time. Sorry, Suresh had to go. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Thank you. Let's go and have some dinner. <laughs> <laughs>